Welcome to Split Happens, the Divorce Down Under podcast where we talk about anything and everything family law related. Welcome to another episode of Split Happens, the Divorce Down Under podcast with me, Alex, and my fellow family lawyer, Liza. Hi there. Liza, I thought we would tackle a topic that we as family lawyers don't get involved in as much as our forebears in family law, which is the thorny issue of child support. Mm. Now, it's a big tangential part of what we do, but a lot of it is federally administered. So I thought we might do a bit of a an ABC of how child support works yeah, in Australia. It's, it, it doesn't come up that much in terms of people lit- litigating over it, I think, because of no. the cost of litigation versus what you're actually arguing about. So. That's right. It's disproportionate to spend many tens of thousands mm. of dollars on court cases dealing with hundreds of dollars perhaps worth of, of missed payments. But nonetheless, it's something which is always part of the cases and we obviously need to talk to our clients about, you know, you should be doing this or you should be doing that. You know, if it's a recalcitrant person, I'll be saying you need to make sure that you pay because they're your children and they, they need that support. But without getting into the, the morals and the rights and the wrongs of it, can we maybe go through the background to child support in Australia? So let's start with a who is liable to pay child okay, support. Okay, so it's the parents, both parents, either parent, one of the parents. Essentially, it's parents of the children. They've got a duty to support their children. Um, and so the liable parent is a person that is a parent who is liable to pay the child support. As so we're talking is. not just biological parents. Nope. It can be adoptive parents as well. Okay. Um, and also parents of children through um, IVF. So say, for example, right. um, it might be, just say, argument's sake, you've got husband-wife, um, wife uses donor sperm from somewhere else. Yep. Um, husband, who is the um, biological mother's um, husband, but not the but not the biological the sperm, yeah. that's right, not the biological father, um, is still going to be liable for that child. Okay, right, but not the sperm donor. Nope. Okay, what about step parents? Are they on the hook for this at all? Uh they not generally, um, but you can. It depends if it's been a. If the step-parent has been around for mm. many, many years, then that's something that the court might consider. So the court um, can order that if it's yeah. a longish kind of relationship but and it's, it's been dependency built up over time. And the thing is, if you're, looking about, if you're talking about the length of time, you're not really going to be talking about much child support anyway because chances are a lengthy sort of relationship, you, you know, you're sort of thinking 15 years, that sort of time frame. Mm. It's, it has to be quite substantial and so by the time the child's 15, they've only got three more years anyway. So that's oh. where it becomes into a – you get into a bit of a tricky situation in working out what you're going to do. Yeah, well, we'll talk about the age of children and child yeah. support in, in a moment. But So it means that the people who are on the hook for paying child support or have the responsibility yep. are the biological parents of children, the adoptive parent, uh, parents of children, the other party, if there's an IVF baby, if I can put it that way, mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, but but rarely, step parents, and mm. for it to be a step parent, then a court, re- this is a court exercising jurisdiction under the Family Law Act, they're going to have to be persuaded that it's a long enough relationship and it's been 
it's a proper thing to do to make that person yeah. be obliged to pay. I, I, I think in all the years that I've practised, I don't think I've seen any step-parents be found to be liable. No, I, I, I've had plenty of people trying to um, yep. have them be made liable, having yep. to give them advice, saying let's just, that's not going to wash. Yep. It's a I short haven't relationship. seen any actually yeah. succeed. No. So pretty rare, I think, that one. Mm. Obviously, it doesn't make any difference whether it's a um, heterosexual or same-sex couple. Nope. It's just parents are parents, and if mm. you separate and it's appropriate, you'll be paying child support. Yep. So how much do you have to pay in child support? Well... There's um, a formula that I don't know what that is off the top of my head. The way I usually work it out is I go to the child support website and um, yes. enter in some details and then the little calculator calculates it for me. Yeah, that's on Services Australia if you wanted to look it up. Yep. It's a terrific estimator. But essentially though, they they take into account the circumstances of each of the parents and the living arrangements for the kids. Um, so they try and work out what the cost of... The, um, of maintaining those kids are um, and then they try and work out um, how much each of the parents' income is going to be or has been um, based on their tax returns. Yeah, good point, yes, because, of course, the Services Australia is a federal department, so it's yeah. part of the Government of Australia, ergo the ATO, the tax offices as well. So yeah. there's no, not much point in fibbing to Services Australia or child support about what your income is from a tax perspective because they will know this. That's right. So um, although there are plenty of people who do, um, or for obviously reasons of trying to minimise their tax, is declare that their income is really, really low. And it's mm. quite unfortunate because it is a bit of a trick that you do see a lot of people who are trying to get out of paying child support. They go and you know people will say, oh, but his tax returns are so low. And then they, they, they look at that assessment, they look at... Um, when they go to assess the child support, it becomes that it's it's not a fair outcome for that particular party because they've used figures that aren't necessarily quite right. So, um, but it also it's not just the income though; it's also the amount of time yeah. that is going to be had with so each of the taxable parents. Taxable income and how much time the child spends. And we're talking about nights. Ah, uh, nights. So yeah. lots of daytime doesn't yeah. count. So how's this right? Um, the, one of the really common things that I see are parents who, um, and you can usually tell when they um, are doing like their motivations for particular parenting orders are usually motivated by money or child support reasons <laughs> because, because they sit there and they say, right, um, you know, they, they'll say, oh, well, I, I only want, um, I want you to have only four nights per fortnight. Because I think the magic number is five nights a fortnight to, you know, um, that will result in the the part the parent who has the kids all the time who's going to be receiving the child support. If they get um, if they have um, the children more than um, nine nights a fortnight, then it's going to be quite significant for them in terms of child support. There's a yeah, bit of a difference. That, yeah, assuming that the other parents got yeah. money, they've got an income. That's right. Yeah. But the thing is, where you where you can really tell is they're always talking about it in nights, and they'll say, "Oh, no, there's no issue with supervision. There's no issue with mm. like concerns of risk of harm. Oh no, she just wants to stay. You know, she just wants to stay at home of a night time and all that sort of stuff. And she'd prefer just to spend a few hours with you in the day. And mm. I'll just and spend the days with you, but you know, just come home to sleep here at night. And because that's what the assessment is is based off. It's it's not so much." 
you know, your days. It's how many nights. And it's so, overnight time. But yeah. I, mean, I suppose you could end up with a ludicrous situation with a parent having majority care of the children but them never spending a night Do you know, overnight. I, well, I actually have a case um, and where it's a similar sort of situation where child is a bit older, um, she's not, not 18 or anything, and the child um, is not having any overnight time with, with the dad because, um, well, there's, there's no real reason. It's all an apparent suggestion that the child just doesn't want to stay overnight at dad's house. There's no, you know, she's happy to go and spend, you know, each Saturday and a Sunday and even, even comes around to dad's house to, to get dressed in the morning before <laughs> school and then goes home and after school has dinner at dad's and then goes home to sleep. It makes no sense until you think about nope. that child support impact yep. of having overnight time. Mm. Yeah. Now, it, taxable income is one thing, of course, and we yep. were talking about a few minutes ago about how sometimes people, you know, business people or yep. people with variable incomes, obviously you like to pay as little tax as you are legally obliged to. Mm. But sometimes people really go to the go the extra mile on that. I've certainly had cases where the well, Child Support Services Australia, as it is now, um, have gone you know, your lifestyle, your lifestyle mm. does not support the fact that you say that you're earning yep. $40,000 a year, but here we are with multiple flash cars, overseas holidays, multiple sort of real estate investments. And all. So we are going to deem an income based upon yep. your expenses. Yeah. So don't necessarily think that filing a very low tax return, mm. showing very low income on your tax return, will definitely keep your child support payments down if your lifestyle expenditure can be shown yeah. to be far in excess of your, your means. And and so when you're trying to prove that, um, if say that you're the party who's trying to show that, um, that that party A who has the low income reported on the tax return um, actually has more money than they're letting on, you don't want to just look at what the usual expenses are. And, you know, because it may be that a lot of the expenses are run through a business, so they might not have to pay things like, you know, they'll be able to um, increase all their expenses through the business, such as rents and um, for whether they're not wherever they're living or um, mobile phones and car like expenses and things like that, all the insurances, a lot of people run a lot of those expenses through the business. We're not talking about just the general living expenses because a lot of the time it's not quite enough for to get the attention. Mm. Um, what you're looking for are things like someone saying, "Oh no, I've only got." You know, I'm only I'm an in, on an income of fifty thousand dollars per year, for example. Um, yet they seem to, you know, on their personal bank accounts or even whichever bank accounts, but they seem to be um, able to fly to, um, you know, fly to the states for two or three weeks here, and then fly to Italy over here, and you know they're jet setting around. So you're looking at all the luxury items. Yeah. So things like um, expensive cars or dinners out. Um, so an idea is to actually have a look at, because all of the all of these sorts of things are all disclosable documents under um, family law when you're having going through family law proceedings. Yes, that's right. So you you can actually get access to this, and so when you're having a look at it, you're sort of looking at. You don't sort of think about oh well clearly he's you know this is he's just runs all this through his business so you know this is how much he's really making. Um, that's not the issue. It's the issue is that he's obviously making much more because of what mm. else he can afford, or she, or I she. should say. Yeah. I, I'm, I suppose in contrast, out of fairness, it's also the case that people's incomes go down as well as they up. They do. And so you can always apply 
midway through a tax year for a reassessment if you think your income is going to be or is it yeah. running lower? Yeah. Um, but the cynic in me um, comes out here because every time that a, a, you know, a client of mine has done that, it's usually met with a corresponding um, less nights. Yeah. It's a, it always comes back to that, doesn't mm. it? Don't you cut off my income. Yep. So, all right. So, Services Australia mm. operates child support. I think it used to be under the banner of Child Support Agency and it's just... I don't even know what it is anymore. Easiest to refer so, to. So, it's Services Services Australia, Australia okay. child support, yeah. So... They can collect that child support on your behalf, can't they? Yes. You don't actually have to turn up at the, your ex's door every every week. You know, with, with a your, brown paper bag. Say, please fill this up with you know, $47.50 for each <laughs> child or whatever it might be. No, no, it, it comes out automatically. Work. So okay. um, you have an assessment and then the Child, Supp- child Support or Services Australia will um, make their, their finding. You've got to pay $342.10 per month um, and... Please give us your um, access to your, you know, some sort of direct uh, debit authority or something like that, and it just either it'll either come out of your bank account, it can become directly out of your salary. Yeah, or so they, they can have the power to garnish. Yep, which they is can the do all those sorts yep. of things, or you just make that payment direct to the agency yep. each um, month as it forms as it falls due. Because if you do get on reasonably well with your ex, you know, you, you're still partners together. Yep. Uh, sorry, parents together, if not partners anymore. Mm. There's nothing to stop you from, say, you do your online assessment. You can even have a formal yeah. assessment and you can just make the payment, just do a weekly yeah, deposit. Yeah, I've got lots of, lots of clients who do that. Yeah, um, like, likewise. It's usually, I think, a good idea. If you can exter- yeah. you know, keep the external departments away from that post-separation parenting relationship, you, you get the chance to build up some trust. And then if there's a problem, you know, if you get laid off or if your income dips down and you can't yep. meet the payments, you're on the phone straight away to your ex saying, That's hey, right. I'm going to struggle. The only downside, of course, is if, you know, if you are having that sort of um, arrangement where you're just paying, not paying to the child support agency, but you are paying direct to your um, ex-spouse, well, if you're not paying, it's going to make it a bit difficult for that ex-spouse to chase and to try and get that money out of you. Whereas if it was through the agency, the agency will just collect on your behalf. Yeah. So you can you could start off with that private collection yep. type arrangement. Yeah private deal and then if that doesn't work get on the blower to services australia and say hey look here's our assessment i'm struggling to get payment of the child support and just let them handle that yep so that you if you end up with a conversation with the other parents look sorry look child child support will deal with you directly Mm. then if you need to talk to them if you're the paying parent say look i haven't got it this week or this month and you have to catch up on your arrears and that happens a lot it's like life gets and i'll just take it they just I, i like even if you've got a um if you've racked up a whole heap of child support debts over the years and say, for example, you come into any sort of money like through a personal injury claim or anything like tax that. Returns, tax, tax, tax returns. Tax returns. Tax refunds. Um, the government would just take it straight off. So um, I I was doing a personal injury matter and um, one of the things that you sort of do at the end of a personal injury claim when it's all – when you get your, you're about to get the money – is that um, you need to contact Medicare and Centrelink because there's obvious there's these preclusion periods where you can't mm-hmm. apply for Centrelink and things like that, and so when the um, you know when you're doing all those checks and they go oh such and such has got a debt here of thirty five thousand um, dollars we'll be deducting that <laughs> from his um, personal injury amount that comes through it's like ouch yeah Ooh. so if you do get windfalls coming into your hands through a legal channel then yeah. chances are you're going to be having to repay that child support but 
again, I mean, if, yeah. you're, if you're the parent of a child and you love your child, then you really should not be begrudging mm. making sure that they have the things that they need. So it's difficult when you say, you know, the other parent's pressing, oh, I want to keep all of these nights to myself so as to optimise that payment. That must feel yeah. difficult. But humans being what they are. Mm. Now, how old... Um, Sorry, there's obviously no no younger limit. I mean, parents separate mm. sometimes even before the birth of a child. But it's yep. is eighteen always the cut off age, or is it? it no, it's not always, but it's usually eighteen. So um, it will cut off if it's if you just have the standard child support assessment yep. through the child. I still call it the child support agency Stick services with it. services Australia. Anyway, whoever it is out there, they'll probably change their name tomorrow. So That's right. by the time this this um, episode goes to air, it'll be changed again. So, um, but they, yeah, so the, the child has to be under the age of 18 um, for the parent to make that application for child support in the first place. And the assessment will automatically cease when the child turns 18. But it can, you can continue to have that child support paid after um, they're 18 um, but there's certain circumstances that you need to criteria that you need to follow and things like that would you know you need to have you need to have made an application I think after the child's 17 but before they turn 18 right for that that's um, that support to continue and it's usually to um, so that they can continue with their schooling and things like it's that like for the last year of school isn't yeah. it because yep. you know, a lot of children you know if you're finishing year 12 you'll be turning 18 in that year and it's expensive because you're going to continue I with the know. education yep yeah so mm. both parents and yeah, regular emails saying, "Oh, your child's going on this excursion. Your child's yep. doing this." Child's and you need they need these attached textbooks. invoice, attached invoice. Do you know? Invoice. I I was um, blown away at the cost of all the formal preparation too. Year twelve formals, oh. they hire cars. I dread to think. And they that. do they do all these things, and it's insane. Like I think the hire car for my neighbour's um, um, her her daughter's um. Formals and whatever else, I think they cost more than my wedding cars. Christ. <laughs> so if my eldest needs a lift to, to his formal when that comes along in a couple of years' time, then he can, he can hop on the back of my motorbike. Well, we... Um, no, well, for, <laughs> I'll, for I'll mine, only charge him half the petrol. For, for mine, um, you know, we just got a lift in the family car, which was a Toyota Hilux at that <laughs> point of my life. Um, so I come from a Galaxy... Yeah. You know, far away from here, as you know, and yeah. th- there were no such things as formals in relation to leaving school. Yeah. What happened when you left school was you left school. <laughs> and there wasn't, there wasn't a party to celebrate. There was yeah. that Nobody knew what a tuxedo was back in those yeah. days. It's a very, it's Americanized. I know we're getting off track. Oh, of course, it is, yeah. It's totally Americanized sort of prom night. I'm thinking, what the hell is this? Mm. What's a formal? <laughs> I was taken aback when we moved to Australia many years ago now when one of my nieces, she, was, she had a graduation from... Primary school. I oh, know, I, mean, I did that. I, mean, what, I had a year school? six farewell. I what had the hell's a, that? It was just again. Yeah. You finished primary school now. Yeah. That's all right. Off you go. Enjoy your summer, and you start high school or, or secondary school. Well, as it to me. Well, I think I showed you the photos of my um, of of my boy when he finished um, kindergarten, like preschool. Yeah. And they dress them up with a gown and uh, academic yeah, I, gown and all that sort of stuff. I've got one with the mortar boards with my youngest. Uh, yeah. Pinned to the corkboard still. Man. Well, I just couldn't get over even even my youngest when she graduated from the nursery. <laughs> it's just, you know, sorry. we're all a bit precious <laughs> about these things these days. I don't oh, know. Sorry, we, do, we digressed because yeah. of the cost of... Yeah, a child, when, a ch- when, it, when it's a child, not a child, that's still a child you have to yeah. pay child support for. And sometimes it's a child who has turned 18 and has yet to finish their school. Yeah. But you've got to get your application in 
between the 17th and 18th birthday yep. to keep that continuing. Mm. Are there any other circumstances where you might have to pay oh. support for a child who is now an adult? Well, um, they might have, yeah, so you, there's, it's called adult child maintenance. And, and in that context, we're not talking about all males because I know the perspective that all, all men well, are always Well, physical children, or mental disability. So right. I wasn't going to say all males. There are plenty <laughs> that would fit in that category. But um, in terms of the physical or mental disability... Um, That's look, a special need that we're talking they're, about there. That's yeah, they're something more, over and above, something yeah. unusual. But I must say, it, it does... It strikes me as, and I think I've raised this in another podcast, another episode that we did a couple of weeks back now, um, just in terms of, you know, you've got a child who may be 18 who lives at home, is studying uni and, you know, things are expensive and they might have a part-time job but you've got the parent who that child is living with um, and I know that you've got this, you know, they can start paying board, go and get another job like we all got out there and, and did it, I guess. But you often have the case where there's one party, one parent who's lumped with the burden of that that adult child in your home. The, the has, one the who ple- won't, has the pleasure of their child's company for more years than they perhaps originally anticipated. Yeah, you know. Directly um, under their roof, hmm. emptying their fridge. Yeah. Arvin Legal is proud to sponsor Split Happens. You'll be in safe hands with Arvin Legal. For all your family law needs, call us on 07-5562-0444 or visit our website at arvinlegal.com.au. And it's and, and then all Produce. their friends coming over and all that other stuff. Oh, so gotcha. You know, so it's like it's like the child hasn't quite graduated from being a child yep. yet. The the paying parent, Where? they're they're like, see you later. I'll yep. catch up with you. I'll have a beer with you at the pub. Yep. You know, off you go. But the, so, I mean, the reality in that situation is there's no uh, there's no legal basis to bring an application no. for an adult child maintenance claim, which is what we're talking mm. about with like disabled uh, uh, persons with particular needs. Yep. It's it's an adult. You, yeah. you elect to let an adult live in your household and to cover their board and lodgings, then there's not much that you're yeah. going to be able to do. Um, some, there, there are one or two sad cases that we sometimes read about um, mm. where somebody de- you know, in their early 20s maybe develops a particular condition yeah. and they need the support of both parents and around that. And if you find yourself in a situation like that, then I advise you to go and see a family um, law solicitor. Yeah, they'll be able to help you. Get some specific advice because you might be able to bring a claim to get some help. Yeah. If the other person isn't willing, he may have to go to court and get mm. that help. Mm. So, okay, that's um, that's formals dealt with, and what strange things that they are, and the impact of it is really that you know the um, the formulas, of course, yeah, they deal with small people, yep, differently to the to the formula that's applied to deal with bigger people. You know, mm. In other words, in this in that um, the scale of sort of age one to age eighteen, you know, yep. you know, seventeen, eighteen year old is going to get their way through an awful lot more stuff and need a lot more spending upon them than mm. you know one two three or four or five year old so those things are reflected in the amount of child support so if you do pop onto services australia have a look at that estimator and just you know for the sake of devilment play around with some of the ages of the children and see how that i can just imagine some of my scheming you know people that i know that are a bit more manipulative <laughs> they'll be on there going right so oh. if i if i give him 
five nights, what does that work out? And what if I, what if my income said this? And what if my income said that? Yeah, Can I just give you a bit of forewarning? Um, most family lawyers can see through that mm. sort of behaviour and it doesn't bode well for you because all it all it means is that they're going to get some advice on what you're doing and why you're doing it. Yeah. And the court's going to see it because it's not their first rodeo either <laughs> and it's just not going to look very good for you. So just be as honest as possible when you're working out these estimators. Um, yeah. And if you are... These calculators, I should say. If you're depriving the other parent with overnight time based upon your expectation of a higher child support mm. payment from them. Try to come back to think about the impact upon your child mm. and the deprivation of that relationship or the diminution of their parental relationship with the other person. Think of it in the long term. We're talking about ages 0 through 18, you have a shared financial responsibility mostly for your children. Mm. But you get beyond that. And if you're the parent that's sort of crippled a relationship, it's not going to be it's not going to be a happy outcome mm. for you. Yeah. Everybody's a bit of a loser on that. And Make sure if you are saying limited time overnights and things like that, that it's coming from the right place, which is what's in the best interest of the children, not what's in the best interest of your bank balance. That's right. Well, that's that's the biggest thing that you need to... You need to receive the appropriate financial support for the appropriate amount of care that you have, really. And look, where you and your ex can't agree what the, what the child support amount should be, that's what Services Australia is for. That's what child support um, within that organisation does for you. So what about... If you do reach an agreement with your ex and it's a private agreement and you don't want to go through the government, what what can you do there? Is is that possible? Can you do oh, it legally yeah. or do you just do shake of a hand and hope for the best? No, you can do you can do a what's called a binding child support agreement. That sounds um, unpleasant. I mean I've I've drafted a few of those obviously in my day, but um They're not too give, bad. Give me a quick overview. Okay. So a quick overview is that it sets out the weekly payments that you're agreeing on it can it can take the form of lump sums you can say i'm going to take uh you know take child support in one hit and that's it and i don't have to pay any more you can say um things like we're going to have weekly payments um of this or monthly payments what we call peri- periodic payments yeah um and then you can also take into account non-periodic payments so it might be that there's an agreement between you that for all medical expenses that come in over 500 bucks or something, you're going to split the cost equally. Or for big excursions or formals, as we were talking about, <laughs> right. you might be able Higher to split... Higher of limousines, the, not to yeah. exceed. But, you can, but the thing is you can come up with those sorts of things that are a bit outside the square so that then... And they're completely private, aren't they? They are. As between, and you negotiate those terms directly yep. or through your solicitors. That's right. Yeah. And so, what you need to what you need to think about there, though, is that um, is it in order for it to be binding, you both need to get independent legal advice on that. So it's like a financial agreement that separated couples would have, dividing up their yep. money. You can also do the same agreement, a binding child support agreement, that decides who's going to pay what for the children and over what period, in relation to what things. You can even have them. I understand as being zero payments. You can agree, yeah. nil payments. That's right. I've done plenty of those, and that's where you have to give your advice very, very carefully. Those are so that's binding child support agreements. Which really, if you're thinking along those terms, you must go and get some legal advice about it. It needs to be structured properly, and you must each get independent legal advice before you sign. Otherwise, it will not be magic word there binding. Mm. Okay, sometimes you don't necessarily want to tie yourself down to something quite so certain, quite so um, irrevocable. What about 
other arrangements? I've heard about limited child support agreements. Uh, they're like flexible yeah. um, ones, aren't they? They're they the are. ones where... And you don't need a lawyer for those, do you? No, you don't need to. So Not a bad um, idea to get some advice. Sometimes people incorporate things. those on, into their parenting plans. I've yeah, seen them being done. I have as well. Um, but always we all know he- how... Always with a heavy heart. <laughs> we all know that parenting plans, they um, aren't enforceable. So I always think, why link the two together? Mm. Um, so I think, though, in terms of like having that more flexible, because if you've got... Sometimes they're better if you are um, in, the, in the situation where one of the, one of the parents is self-employed and their income yeah, okay. goes up and down. Yep. And so sometimes it might be that rather than just going off and having to keep going back through the child support agency, because that's a real pain in the butt, ha- mm. keep having to disclose, provide documents yeah, and all that sort of stuff, and things change. And and people get things wrong too. So you can just agree on having something, you know, so that it go, right, if this happens and then we're going to charge, we're going to pay this amount or, you know, or it might be that there might be a, a new party involved like a you know mum's now got a new partner and is thinking about those you know isn't necessarily needing as much support financially and things like that so there's a whole range i've never seen that situation i I really don't don't want any more support from you well isn't that called the go away tax uh well yes politely it's called Mm. the go away tax um a point to note about those limited child support agreements though is that you don't need a lawyer that's 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 clear but what you do need before you can create one is to have a uh an assessment in place yeah so services australia child support have to have carried out an assessment you should be paying x dollars per week per month per year in respect of you know little timmy or, or whoever then the amount that's in that limited support agreement can't be any less than that. So mm. you, you can go up and down. And that's why it works well, I think, as you say, with people with sort of slightly variable incomes there. You can say, look, I can predict a certain amount and it's a relatively low tax amount, but it could be a good year. And if it is, yeah. I, I want to be able to jump in and, and help cover the extra costs of you know additional excursions and more things for the children. It's, it's, it's a good thing to have when you are cooperative with the other parent. It, anything that takes away... Areas that you'd otherwise be disputing, it's generally going to be a good idea. Mm. I was just, I'm just trying to find here. I'm just looking on my phone at the moment. Um, I did have a question. I'm just trying to find it about child support. So keep talking. <laughs> That's all right. Well, <laughs> okay. So we've got, as family lawyers, the opportunity always to put an application in front of a court. Now, in we've already established in other mm. podcasts that it's the Federal Circuit and Family Court of Australia. Yep. That largely has jurisdiction but sometimes state courts can exercise family court jurisdiction and you can make an assessment so you can make an application for an assessment of child maintenance uh, through the courts rather than um, if you can't get one through uh, the CSA the child child services yeah in terms of payment we've talked about you know things that have to be taken into account when you're working out the amounts, I mean, it's going to be things like how much you're earning, your capacity to earn money, uh, your property, and the, perhaps sometimes the child's age as well will be relevant. If you've got special children, sorry, special needs children, then that's going to be a factor that a court can take into account when you're sort of off the page of the generic assessment. These are all very sort of specialised areas, and it's too... I could be rambling on giving you all sorts of sort of very general kind of information, but if you have an uncertain situation and Services Australia are struggling to give you an assessment, then go and see a family law solicitor 
and discuss whether you should be bringing an application directly into the court under the Family Law Act instead. Um, now, yeah. child maintenance doesn't last forever, except in very, very rare cases. Yeah. Uh, so what are the main reasons for it ending? Um, the child turns 18. That's the number one reason. Um, and then there's, unfortunately, there's if the child dies. If the child dies, or if the person who's supposed to be making the payment, if the parent dies. Yeah, that's right. Um, alternatively, it can end if that child marries. Ah, yeah, I never thought of it like that, but yeah, okay. Or if they're adopted. Mm, yep. Or instead of marrying, these days, of course, there's a lot of people form de facto relationships. So if they've moved on, if somebody's living an adult life with another adult, then the parent uh, would be able to uh, bring under, I think it's 66V of the Act, um, an application to um, end the maintenance obligations yeah. of that parent. One of the things that um, you see in a lot of the binding child support agreements, though, are um, you define when the child maintenance is going to end. Yeah. So yeah. it's some, and a lot of the time it might be different to when it is in but, the but it's act. A, it's a contract, isn't it? That's right. So, so that's the nature of that. So yeah. I've seen some um, fairly recently, which will end, even though the child might be, um, the child might be only seventeen, but have finished school or had. Has and has finished school, like secondary schooling, but as provided that they are um, in paying work, then the child support also ends at that point. Like that's what I've seen some people mm. agree on recently. Yeah. When a child goes into full-time work yeah. before the age of 18. Yeah. Um, true. I, I've seen it the other way around as well when there's been a, a reticence yeah. of providing disclosure that would be able to substantiate it and yep. you spend a, a year or more trying to prove that they're working and it's too late, it's gone. I should say, you know, where we live, of course, it's sort of a little bit of the fulcrum of people coming you know, in and out. We have uh, lots of people from New Zealand moving to Australia, lots of Australians going to New Zealand, lots of interplay between places like the UK, obviously, I'd say that, um, Canada, the US. Now, these places and lots of other places have reciprocal um, maintenance treaties around the world, don't they? So if you end up with a situation where you and your child still live in Australia, but the, the father or the mother, if they're the paying person, they go and live overseas. Mm. So long as there is a reciprocal arrangement with that particular country, and the ones I've just mentioned do have these things, get in touch with Child... Uh, sorry, Services Australia. you got me at it now. Yeah. Services Australia, Child Support. They will be able to organise the international collection of child support. Now, it's going to be a bit more long-winded than yeah. here. But certainly those things are in train. They're, they're available here. And just jump onto the Services Australia website and follow the links there if, if that's the situation that you find yourself in. Mm. Okay. Well so, um, oh, just before we wrap up, I just wanted to give a shout out to John. And John has posted a comment in relation to, you know, give us, gave us sort of the heads up to say, talk about child support. I think John's a little bit disgruntled with the child support agency in terms of when you've overpaid child support due to previous year's tax returns being incorrect. He said you only have 28 days from lodgement of those previous year's tax returns to amend it. And although the ATO give you two years to correct previous lodgements, and so the effect is that he, he hasn't been able to get his overpayments back because the ATO give them two years to fix something and, the, and then Services Australia give them 28 days. So you don't actually get your overpayments back because you can't comply with the 28-day so time frame. Yeah, we, we have one so one 
branch of the federal government doing one thing, another branch of the federal yeah. government doing something completely contrasting. So I think, I think for you, John, perhaps maybe uh, the best thing to do is maybe go and speak to a family lawyer and see if a, a, either a private, a, a private binding child support agreement or even a limited child support agreement might be, might be the way forward, so that you can, yeah. you know, have to, you know, don't have to worry about the um, these government departments. I think that's right. The, the other thing to watch out for, of course, and we don't know how much money John's talking about there no. in terms of how much might, he might have lost. But in order to make court applications, you're talking many, many thousands that's of dollars. Right. So make sure that you aren't commencing proceedings to recover hundreds of dollars by spending thousands to get there. No. It's always a commercial decision. It's Look, we know the old saying, you know, the government, you know, we're from the government, we're here to help you and, and all of the integrity behind that. Um, but child support is it's a minefield. And we as practitioners, it tends to sort of form part of the adjunct to our practice. Yeah. Um, certainly, I mean, we do draft, you know, binding child support agreements and sometimes be called upon to advise about limited ones too in a, in a non in a but stri- I, I in usually a I usually sense. don't do them for anyone that's older than about eight or nine, to be honest, because you need to get your money's worth. Uh, well, I, I do, but then we're talking about, you know, it depends upon the situation of that those families, you know, if there are... Mm. You know, lots of private school educational fees oh, into definitely. the future and things yeah. like that, and maybe they have particular views about mm. you know, continuing on education and what support they'll give beyond eighteen. And That's the other thing too. I've seen in some of the private child support agreements is that you've got people will express their views on which schools that they're going to be enrolled in. Yeah. So it's I, it's I, almost I, like a roundabout way of a parenting order. I've written those in, but only in. The form of recitals. Mm. The parents intend this. But that's we'll, right. We'll, we'll, it's not, we'll liaise. Of course, it's, it's not, not binding. A, no, that's right. It's so, not a parenting order. Um, but it's it's quite funny how the, how many of them come through in terms of the uh, like you know the operative provisions part of the agreement mm. to say that oh, you know little Billy will be attending this private school until eighteen, and if not, another private school of the mother's choosing. And it's like no, sorry, good, good that, luck with that. Sorry, that's not enforceable. No, uh, but luckily you almost certainly have a, a severability clause in your That's agreement right. that says if one of these, if one of the terms is duff and has to be struck out, it doesn't <laughs> ruin the rest of the agreement. Yeah, get legal advice mm. if you're thinking about any of those sorts of agreements. Look, child support—it's a bit of a minefield, but Services Australia does have actually a, again a very helpful website in terms of information. I'm not necessarily saying or endorsing them as an agency, having heard you know, John's <laughs> comments there. Um, Make sure that you pay the child support that you're obliged to pay so that your children can have the things that they need. If you have any questions about child support or anything else we've talked about in this podcast, then please let us know. Love to hear from you. Otherwise, thank you very much for listening to Split Happens, the Divorce Down Under podcast. Thanks for listening to Split Happens, the Divorce Down Under podcast. If you want to hear more of our episodes, you'll find us wherever you find your podcasts on all good platforms.